2020 is an interesting year because three planets are aligned in Capricorn and they haven't been together since the 1200s. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Have you ever wondered, who are these people who write astrology horoscopes for these magazines? Or even, how do astrologers foresee trends or events in the world before they come? So today we're talking all about astrology and how it's reflected in our world, what we're going through, and what's to come. So with us today is Tali Edut. Tali is one half of the identical twin sister astrologer duo known as the Astro Twins. Through their website, AstroStyle, and as the official astrologers for Elle magazine and Mind Body Green, the Astro Twins reach millions worldwide as they bring the stars down to earth with their lifestyle and coaching-based approach to horoscopes. As best-selling authors, they've written a collection of books including Astro Style, Love Zodiac, Shoe Astrology, and Mom Astrology, their number one Amazon best-selling parenting guide, and their own brand imprint of annual horoscope guides. Hi, Tali. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you, Eileen. I'm so happy to be here too. This is awesome. Yeah. So can you tell me what drew you to astrology? And also, why did you decide to pursue this together with your sister? You know, it's funny. We kind of discovered it together. It, it kind of pursued us, I would say. When we were uh, 21, her boyfriend mm. at the time decided a great birthday present for her would be to do a whole natal chart, which is a map of where all the planets are at mm-hmm. your time of birth. And she's reading it and she's like, oh my God, oh yeah. my God, you've got to see this. We're born four minutes apart. So we have a very similar chart, almost the same one. And so, you know, we're Sagittarius sun sign, but we have moon, Mercury, Mars, and Venus in Scorpio. So we both were like, what does that mean? Oh, my God. And it said so much about us that we just we kind of just just started learning and studying and reading and talking to so many people about it. And we were going to the University of Michigan at the time, and we started this multicultural size positive women's magazine called Hughes. So so we we've always been into creating empowering women's media and. At the time, the thing that brought the whole diverse team together was, of course, talking about how to create, you know, media that respected women of all sizes and cultures and lifestyles, but also, of course, astrology. So we were always like looking up our moon signs and, you know, talking about how astrology impacted trends in the world. And out of that, you know, one of our friends who worked on the magazine wound up going to Teen People magazine, which is not around anymore. But she's, she was like, oh my God, you guys, they need a new astrologer. You have to try out for this job. And we're like, really? Are you serious? I mean, we had cataloged every celebrity zodiac sign. <laughs> 
like, oh my, we, we could not not try out for the yeah. job. And of course we got it. As, and as, like as a couple, both of you? <laughs> yeah, we did. And yeah, there was another pair who had been writing before, mm. um, the authors of Sextrology, Starsky and Cox. So, you know, they passed the baton on to us and, uh, yeah, we haven't stopped ever since. It was literally... You know, we went on to write for Lifetime TV and then became the official astrologers for Elle magazine, which we've been doing for over 10 years. So, and then we built our own website, Astro Style. And I don't know, we just kind of are like, let's do this. Okay. And then with astrology, you know how things are. I mean, when just like, if it's what you're supposed to be doing, it just works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, both of you are basically self-taught, right? We are, yeah. And I think anyone can be self-taught. Of course, we've had teachers throughout and people we've studied mm-hmm. with here and there. But when we began and teen people gave us that daily column, you know, we actually, I went to see Susan Miller speak and I was like, I'm a super fan and I just got this column. And she literally wrote her home phone number on a piece of paper and gave it to me and told me to call her. So, Aww. you know, she was, there were a lot fewer astrologers. There wasn't Instagram then. And this was, yeah, this was yeah. like in the late nineties, early, actually it was 2001, but yeah, she was so <laughs> generous and gave me some pro tips. So we have mentors for sure. Right. I mean, that must've been so exciting. And it's so, it's such a niche thing. I'm sure you can never have imagined to get into it. Was there ever any doubt, like either imposter syndrome or, or maybe like people thinking it's a weird job? Oh my God. Yes. So <laughs> I, I definitely had a bit of imposter syndrome for a long time. And then I didn't go to astrology conferences, you know, like we the the horoscopes that we write and i believe in them wholeheartedly are sun sign horoscopes mm-hmm. and they're they're more broad stroke horoscopes we do the we do full charts and everything too but you know in order to write something that you know could actually be published you have to stick to sun signs cuz yeah. otherwise you'd have to write a million different daily horoscopes every day it's literally that you know based on the time mm-hmm. of birth yeah uh, so there was this whole thing like, oh God, as you know, what are people going to think? And I have, and nobody ever was anything but supportive and oh, that's good. appreciative. It was just a silly, the thing about astrology is I think a lot of astrologers can have um, imposter syndrome because there's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. You could literally study it your entire life and not even crack the entire library of knowledge yeah. out there, you know? And I mean, I, it's so in, it's so subjective that two astrologers can interpret something in different ways. Exactly. So how do you even determine what to put in your horoscopes? You know, it, it's like we have to live our lives and be out there. This is something that is where it's kind of an intuitive gift. Like I've always mm. loved giving advice, you know, taking self-development classes. We probably read a lot of the same books, you and I. Yeah. And so it's almost like you become a conduit for the knowledge and then it comes out in this way. But basically in sun sign astrology, you you know, what what's your sun sign again? I can't believe I... Oh, I'm a Libra. Oh, of course. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> I was, I looked that up. Yeah. Um, so oh. I would put Libra in the first house and then count around the zodiac from there. So if a, a planet is in Libra, 
it's activating your first house of self. If it's in Scorpio, the sign after yours, it's activating your second house, which is money and fun. So it kind uh of, you know, it's based on the houses and where the planets are. And astrologers use a guide called an ephemeris, which is a map. You can literally look hundreds of years into the future based on NASA data and see where the planets are and what zodiac sign they're in. So there's really, there's a mm. rhythm in a system. It's very like, uh, it's like a puzzle that you put together. Yep. Yeah. Well, this, I guess I didn't realize before this, but it, it's completely different than like a natal chart because a natal chart is someone's like a picture of the sky when you were born. But what you do is you're looking at the sky right now and how it affects everyone all the different signs so it's constantly changing (laughs) it is well the natal chart is just that very brief moment in time when you were born Mm -hmm. it's like freezing a clock but you know the time just because you hit the stopwatch doesn't mean time doesn't keep on moving right so your natal chart is great to look at too but that's just a lot more advanced and literally only Two people born at the same minute in the same time zone will have the same natal chart. Me yeah. and uh, my sister Ophi are four minutes apart, and we even have a slightly different chart. <gasps> really? What's the difference in four minutes? On the cusp of the fifth house of romance and the 11th house of friendship, I have Taurus and Scorpio, and she has Gemini and Sagittarius, which really worked out well because mm. we're not even attracted to the same types of guys. And... <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That's something I wanted to ask because you are twins and twins, I would think, have the same birth chart. But you you see twins that have such different personalities and different careers. So is, is that how you explain it? That they have slight differences? You know, a lot of times when twins are super different, you know, they may have different rising mm. signs, which changes, you know, every couple hours, there's a new um, ascendant, new sign on the ascendant, which is like the sign that's crossing the nine o'clock point on the Zodiac wheel or is on the Eastern horizon. And so it could be that, but also I really feel that we're always co-creating with the universe. So it's, it's a, you know, your chart gives you your factory settings, but then you have your life experiences mm-hmm. and you bring those together. You might, one twin might explore one path. Another might go down yeah. another. And then that just shapes it along with it. Yeah. So, and I think that yeah. helps to illustrate that astrology is not like your fate or destiny. Like some people believe exactly. that, like they're scared to look at their birth chart because it'll tell them their future, but like it can be expressed in different ways. Absolutely. I don't, anyone who tells you that they can see your exact future from your astrology chart, I think you should just walk away from that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, you totally. can't. You really can't. You know, we are co-creators here. Yeah. So since you focus more on the current horoscope and astrology, are there some key things that you know we should know? Like if you are a Libra and you're you're in the time of Libra, like does that have a certain meaning or mm-hmm. I don't know, some basic things? Absolutely. I look at both. Yeah, I look at both, you know, always. I think it's super important to know your birth chart, your natal mm-hmm. chart. And if you don't know your time of birth, you should still run it. You may not have an exactly accurate moon sign or rising sign, but if if you talk to a professional astrologer, they can help you to to determine that there's it's called a rectification chart which allows you to 
you kind of can talk to an astrologer and they piece things together and can kind of help you come up with your best guess of your birth time too. So don't give up on it if you don't know your time of birth, but even so, you know what sign each planet is in. So the sun sign is basically the one that all of us know. Those are the 12 signs and and what we do our forecasts on Astro Style using and on L. And like, that's always the, the sun is like the center of our universe, right? It's our fuel tank. It's your mm-hmm. essence. It's your personality. So on a day-to-day basis, it's important to get that little bit of guidance um, based on what you might be, you know, what you want to do every day. The sun is like that productivity machine. And most people read their horoscopes to kind of know, like, how should I be productive today? Where should I put my energy today, right? Should I focus on love or wellness, Mm -hmm. go for a walk? Should I decorate my home office now? Or, you know, so, yeah, you know, people born within a 30-day period, in your case, September 23rd to October 22nd are Libra sun signs. A lot of times we look at where the moon is. Today, the moon just moved into Leo while we're talking, which is two signs before yours. If, and so it would be your 11th house. And I would say it's a great day for learning a new piece of technology, connecting to a group, mm. doing something innovative. So that's, you know, there's so a whole So you count system. that with the moon? I don't yes. know if this is confusing. So the- I know it's so con- I know. Don't let me confuse you. The moon <laughs> Okay. It's okay. okay. I, I kind of get it. So you're saying Leo is two signs before Libra. And yeah, the moon. So you're a Libra. That's yeah. it. That's set. That's your natal chart. Now uh-huh. if we're talking about predictive astrology, I'm gonna look at my ephemeris, my map, and say, where are all the planets today? Mm-hmm. Is something interesting happening? The moon will change signs every two and a half days. So that sets the mood of every day. So sometimes, you know, you know, I'll go, where's the moon today? Okay, the moon just moved into Leo. Well, how does that affect a Libra? And it would be an 11th house effect for you. And this might be way too technical. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's okay. So I also wanted to talk about the, I guess, bigger trends in society and how that is reflected in astrology, because right now we're going through this coronavirus pandemic. And how is that reflected? Well, it's really interesting. You know, you have your birth chart, which is where the planets were at your moment of, you know, of birth. And that sets your personality up, how you'll maybe instinctually respond to things that come your way. Again, it doesn't determine your fate, but it does show how you respond. Maybe are more likely to respond to things and together that determines your fate. Well, the world is all, you know, at any given time, we can take that same snapshot and see where the planets are. And so 2020 is an interesting year because three planets are aligned in Capricorn And they haven't been together in Capricorn since the 1200s. We've got Jupiter, which I know Jupiter changes signs once a year. It takes a year. If you think about it, the planets, the farther away they are from the sun, the longer they take to orbit and make that circle around the sun, right? So imagine we divide Mm -hmm. that circle into 12, like a clock. So it, you know, Saturn takes... 29 and a half years to orbit around the sun. Jupiter takes 12. And so Saturn's also in Capricorn. And then 
Pluto is also in Capricorn this year, and Pluto takes 284 years to go around the sun. So the likelihood of them all meeting up in this place is pretty rare. And so, again, it has Capricorn is the sign that rules government, the economy, corporations, and it's the oldest earth sign. So the way we conserve our natural resources. And so, you know, all the talk about climate the climate crisis and how fast corporations are growing and the divide in the economy kind of came together this year in this sort of collision. So, you know, Jupiter is this giant spotlight. Wherever it is, it just expands and shines a light and forces us to look. Saturn is a planet of karma, the things that have been, it's like the chickens coming home to roost, the things that we haven't been dealing with that we need to put structures in place for and Pluto basically rules the underground like the hellscape if you will um but transformation Mm -hmm. things that need to die in order for something new to be reborn so here they are all are like meeting this year and we have this Mm -hmm. what starts with you know like literally the whole economic crash that's happening as a result of the pandemic has Capricorn energy written all over it because we have these structures in place that can't be sustained really, you know, I mean, so we love our, you know, purchases that we can get in two days from anywhere in the world and Mm -hmm. our traveling and our this, but the impact on the environment is great. And then we have literally on, so on from March 21st to July 1st, Saturn moved into Aquarius um, for the first time since 1994. So we'll talk, we can talk about the Saturn return in a minute. Yeah. But um, it's a little preview. Saturn's ducking out of Capricorn. It's been in Capricorn since December, 2017. So now it's taking a, it's moved ahead to the next sign of Aquarius. Now, wherever Saturn is, it really, it creates restrictions. It's like this drill sergeant that's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson and you're going to learn how to do this right. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. in Aquarius rules, community, technology, social justice, the way we collaborate and cooperate, actually social restriction is That is like the perfect term for Saturn and Aquarius. So here we are being forced to learn how to... Really? Social restriction? Yeah. Socializing is Aquarius and Saturn's a planet of restriction. Oh, that makes so much sense. (laughs) So here we are being kept away from each other. But, you know, Saturn's like sends you to your room so that you appreciate what you have. (laughs) And it's like, we're going to emerge from this appreciating other people in ways that we haven't for so long appreciating technology things like that that too exactly right like it's forcing us to learn and upgrade and and also go like okay well it's gonna be interesting to see what companies do like now they've proven that people don't need to come into the office exactly. to be productive. Yeah, I was talking to my <laughs> friend who is a consultant in, in those like big four companies where they consultants travel a lot for their work. And now they're working from home and they're realizing that they could have been doing video calls this whole time instead of spending all this money to travel. And it's because yeah. those companies were structured before the internet. And now they're like, oh, <laughs> like things are more efficient done online. But at the same time, like they, you know, the 
the cost is lower and that could be either good good for the customer bad for the company right because they profit less exactly yeah so it, it really feels like it's yeah, they're learning things here. Our systems are restructuring. They are. And what's so interesting is the last time that both, so Jupiter and Pluto, they come together, they've, they come together like a few times every, like every 12 years, they'll meet up in some, at some point or time in another, but they don't always make an exact connection at the same degree. But uh, actually this year on April 4th, June 30th, and November 12th, they're making an exact connection at the same degree of Capricorn. And Saturn and Pluto made an exact connection at the same degree of Capricorn on January 12th. So when two planets meet up like that, it's as if there's like their energies are being combined. So here's Jupiter, this giant spotlight, mm-hmm. and Pluto, which wants to keep everything a secret. So we're being we're being shown all these things that we maybe don't want to look at Jupiter rules heaven and Pluto rules hell. Well, in the middle is purgatory, Uh. which is that isolation booth that you have to sit in and before the gods judge whether it's going to be heaven or hell. And here we all are in our like purgatories, you know, it's (laughs) in fact, the last time Jupiter and Pluto met up, they didn't meet at the exact degree of Capricorn, but was at the end of 2008, 2009, which is when the market crashed. <gasps> we, Yeah, we had the oh H1N1 yeah. swine flu. And also, I think the iPhone uh, 3 came out that really changed the way we interact with our devices and maybe became a lot wow. less connected as people. I remember. So this is um, Jupiter and Pluto together? Yeah, in 2008 and 2009. I remember those times. You do, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, do you do this usually? Do you go back in time and see, oh, when was the last time this happened and what was going on in the world then? Absolutely. We do that every time. Well, we write a book every year. We have our 2020 Mm. horoscope guide this year. And we did a lot of research into the economy because of the Capricorn energy. And there's this like... In fact, um, I think the TCP IP regulations, which are the basis of our modern day internet, totally connects with Jupiter and Saturn going into Aquarius, which will both, Jupiter will join Saturn and Aquarius at the end of the year on December Mm. 21st. Every 20 years, they make an exact connection. It's called the Great Conjunction. So... So that has to do with technology yeah, advancements. And people, power mm. to the people, community. See, Capri- we're moving out of That's this. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we're moving away from this Capricorn era. And no offense, any Capricorns out there listening because <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Capricorn <laughs> rising. I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. I think Capricorn in its purest form is the provider. And, you know, the one that holds the system together. It's important. Capricorn's make sure things work. But sometimes in that, when there's too much Capricorn energy going on, you know, we all need each other. So there can become this rigidity or this elitism where things only work for a select group of people. And then in comes Aquarius to remind us like to share our toys. Capricorn's Mm. about having the best and the biggest and the brightest and the coolest toys and Aquarius is like, but ain't no fun if your friends can't have some, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. That's where we're well, at. 
Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people would consider 2020 a very unlucky year. So would you say, like, what do you think the forecast is in terms of the second half of this year? Is it going to be the same? Is Do we just look forward to 2021 where, where we're more in Aquarius? What do you think? You know, it's so funny. I know it's it's for people, you know, especially I, I really, really feel I know most of your audience you guys are in your early 20s, and I can't imagine how awful this must be. This is a time of your life when mm-hmm. you're supposed to be out there exploring and traveling and making your mark and being free and wild and hooking up, and you can't <laughs> do any of that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so – although I also do feel like people in their 20s are a lot – right now have – very old soul charts. I'm super mm-hmm. impressed by people born in the 90s and early aughts. There's just like this evolved energy mm-hmm. out there that is amazing, like this sort of acceptance of global responsibility, <laughs> you know? It's Oh yeah. So we can think of it as, I would I would encourage people to look beyond the box of lucky and unlucky which is hard to do because we all want to have our lucky years but you know maybe this is my optimistic sagittarius energy but I actually think this this is a time where we can really discover some power in ourselves you know like what we mm-hmm. do I agree this, right yeah. yeah what do you think mm-hmm. about it Oh, no, I totally agree. It's a blessing in disguise. Obviously, it's it's terrifying and it's terrible what's happening to people, but it's forcing us to look at look inward and to look at our systems and what needs to be fixed and how we can be like how we can just improve society moving forward. Yeah. And one of the you know, that's exactly right. And one of the things that is happening this spring is that, and this happens every other year, is that Venus, which is a planet that rules romance and our social connections and the way we party and celebrate and find joy and pleasure, is going retrograde, which happens every 18 months um, Mm -hmm. from May 13th until June 25th. And because of that, Venus usually stays in one zodiac sign for about four weeks. But because of the retrograde, it will be in Gemini, the sign of communication, cooperation, mobile technology, intellectual connection for four months from April 3rd to August 7th. And, you know, most of the people, most people in their 20s have grown up always knowing how to connect to people, you know, digitally. But there's also this like, okay, next, 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 next thing. And I think that we all have, no matter what our age, that's how we've become over the last 20, 25 years. And so, and especially over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. So I think we're in this moment in time where we're actually going to rediscover the richness of deepening our human connections and Venus retrograde Mm. is going to help us to really discover that this summer. So even if we can't be together, we're going to really get clear on what a true friendship means. And that's... Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the true friend. (laughs) Hi, love. Are you tired of feeling lost in life? Frustrated at feeling so stuck? 
You deserve a life full of purpose. No more putting off your dreams, no more fear holding you back. You can design your ideal life and turn it into a reality starting today. To guide your journey, I made the Create Your Dream Life online course, a six-week program with videos and exercises to help you break free from limiting mindsets, take meaningful action on your dreams, and start truly living your life. It took me eight years of messy mistakes, trial and error, and DIY exercises to finally create the life I live today where so many of my dreams have become a reality. This course is my eight years of experience distilled into a step-by-step program designed to help you figure out how to create a meaningful and fulfilling life. To get started, go to lavendaire.com slash dream life to enroll today. You want to enroll soon because I'm doing a live Q&A at the end of May in our Create Your Dream Life Facebook community. So again, the link to join is lavendaire.com I also want to talk about the movement of Saturn because I am a Saturn in Capricorn and I'm finally leaving the Saturn return. So let's talk about that. What for those people going either leaving the Saturn return or entering the Saturn return? um, Yeah, we have a, a calculator to find out when your Saturn return is on our site. I think it's, I'll get you the URL, but it's astrostyle.com slash calculators, I think. And it's mm-hmm. calculator or, ca- no, it's got to be. Calculator. Okay, I'll, I'll find it and link okay, it. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> yeah. you definitely want to get those dates for yourself, even if you already went through it. So Saturn takes 29 and a half years to do one full orbit around the sun, meaning it'll go in, go in that orbit and go through all 12 zodiac signs. And then it'll return to when you turn 29 and a half to the exact same point on the zodiac wheel as where it was when you were born. Now, it'll be, Saturn spends about three years in a, one zodiac sign usually. So for that whole three-year period, I personally, not every astrologer agrees, but I consider that whole three years your Saturn return because I've seen people really getting some powerful lessons during that time. Now, Saturn's a taskmaster, but I also call him, he's like the life coach. He's the personal trainer. He's going to kick your butt, make you do the burpees, make you wake up and do the reps, but you're going to get stronger and tighter and leaner and you're going to know your strength. So the Saturn return is a period where all your, I think your natural gifts come out to be strengthened, but definitely through some trials. Did you go through a lot over the last few years, Mm -hmm. Eileen? Yeah, it just felt tough (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, you have to try harder than you usually do. Oh, always. But don't you feel like you know yourself in a way that you didn't before? Oh, yeah. Like I've healed so much. I've gone through a lot. Like I'm so much more confident in myself now. Exactly. It's like you kind of, it's almost like until the Saturn return, you're like, Oh, the world is confusing. And then you're like, all right, world, I got this. I'm seeing the same (laughs) patterns, the same things. It's almost like this rite of passage where you sort of get handed the instruction book of the universe through your tests, you know? So I I think people should embrace it. In fact, the three years before the Saturn return, like age 20, the quarter life crisis, because most people start their Saturn return around 28, they'll start to feel it. So those people born between December 19th, 2017 
and March 21st, 2020, or again from July 1st, 2020 to December 17th, 2020. You guys all have Saturn and Capricorn. So you're you're still in, you still have a couple more months of yours. You're getting a little recess from it, but you have one last credit you have to earn before mm-hmm. you can graduate. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, July to December, but like it really just, it's a time that demands adulting. Now the people who are born between March 21st and July 1st, 2020, and then December 17th, 2020 to March 7th, March 7, 2023, you guys have Saturn in Aquarius. So, you know, Saturn's like your mission. People with Saturn in Capricorn may have had to deal with father issues, career issues, really embodying your leadership and authority. Saturn in Aquarius people, oh, you just have to save the world. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just save society for us. Show us how it's done. You know, I'm again, I'm really impressed by my friends who are born 1992 to 1994. They're like, I mean, seriously, just. Yeah, I do think that a lot of young, like our youth, Gen Z, they're so progressive and they are old souls. Mm -hmm. And they're, yeah. Well, I personally, I know that my North Node is in Aquarius. So so that's why I'm part of this too, like pushing society forward, innovating, whatever. Right. And I, is there any other insight for people born in the 90s or Gen Z, like people born in the 2000s? Why, wow. why are we like this? <laughs> well, there is. And you really have amazing astrological charts. One, the outer planets that shape society are also the ones that deal with our higher minds and our consciousness. Like uh, Uranus rules the third eye chakra, the pineal gland, which is right between the eyes in the middle of the forehead. That's where your higher mind exists and where you get those downloads during meditations or the brilliant Eureka ideas come in. And then Neptune rules your subconscious, which is always operating in the background, your psyche, things that come in dreams or you know, shamanic journeys. And then Pluto rules your unconscious, which is, you know, your secret powers, your hidden powers. So those planets are in really powerful placements. Now, people born in the early 90s and late 80s have this pile up of planets in Capricorn, like that's mm-hmm. probably you. So yep, you have Neptune, me. Uranus, and Saturn in Capricorn, which, you know, they don't come together that often. They move at very different speeds. Saturn takes 29 and a half years, Uranus 84 years, and Neptune 165 years to go around the sun. So again, the odds of them all lining up in a single sign are pretty rare. So they're combining their powers. So I feel like, you know, People in the in their late twenties now are really here to just reform corporations and systems and structures, as your as this pandemic is forcing you to do at the end of your Saturn return. Mm. It's and as you know, those Capricorn energies are getting activated now. People born after that have a cluster yeah. of Aquarius planets in the mid nineties, and then the late nineties have a lot of Pisces going on. So mm. those are the li- the last zodiac signs. So you really not only you have these high minded outer planets in these very evolved zodiac signs. Mm-hmm. Pluto 
the people in the in the 2000s of Pluto and Sagittarius and after 1995 to to 2008 all of Pluto and Sagittarius so you're just transformers on this very philosophical Ooh. level so yeah, just wow. just a just a small mission should you choose to accept it. But it's almost <laughs> like this knowing that you're it's this high knowing of why you're here. Do you feel like that ever? Like you were born mm. with a purpose yeah. that you knew of? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to find it mm. in my life, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is so mm-hmm. yeah, that is so have you and, and it's probably becoming more and more clear over the last few years with your Saturn return, I bet. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's very clear now. But I that's why I see um, like a lot of the people born 95 and after the fact that you said they're Pluto's and Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can see that they're they are more philosophical, like they care about debates and talking about social issues and all of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. So. And also just very open minded, like, yes, yeah, limitless. it's really cool. Yeah, gender yeah. fluidity is yes. like such yeah. a huge thing. With the so Pluto rules is a ruler of Scorpio, which is our sexuality, mm. and Sagittarius is like don't limit me. So yeah, the, the I whole, love it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's really exciting to see it just right because you can see that we're changing, and it's it, I think it's good. Yeah, everyone before has like has Pluto and Scorpio from the late eighties mm-hmm. to ninety five, which is also this. I mean, that's Pluto is at it in its home sign. So it's like, you're not afraid of doing the shadow work. And mm. you've lived a lot of your life having to be, deal with really the shadow of humanity and society with corporate greed and, you know, yep. also immediate gratification, you know, sex being this confusing thing, you know, and yeah, it's time. We're all in Pluto and Capricorn now since 2008. In 2024, just a few years from now, Pluto will move into Aquarius. And that's going to be very interesting. Like, <laughs> I don't even quite know how to wrap my head around that. But <laughs> right. I mean, another thing that this tells me is like there change is always happening. Yes. Because we're we're always leveling up to the next thing and the next thing. And you can't expect the world or like society to stay the same. No, no. And and the good news is that people in their 20s are really well equipped to handle the changes that are coming because we're moving into a time where so I told you at the end of the year on December 21st is this great conjunction that happens every 20 years where Jupiter mm-hmm. And Saturn meet up. Well, for the last 200 years, they've taken place in Earth signs, which are all about material resources, land and, you know, mining and oil. And now for the next 200 years, they're all going to be in air signs, which is about intellect, community, Mm. cooperation, big ideas, virtual things that are invisible that we can feel but not see. And so I think people in their 20s are really having grown up with the tools of the internet always being there. Yeah. So We're ready, ready for that. So ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy that it's just to know that it's like the next 200 years and it starts at that point. Yeah, the world is going to change uh, dramatically over the next decade with all the air energy. Neptune's Mm. moving into Aries in 2025. It's in its home sign of Pisces, which is very spiritual. It's it's just like this 
like push for like dramatic world change. I didn't know it was going to come this quickly. I was thinking next year when Saturn and Jupiter are <laughs> right. in Aquarius, but I guess we were ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This is so much fun. I'm going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions cool. that I ask all of our guests. So what does your dream life look like? You know what? My dream life looks a lot like what I see coming next, where people just stop and think and care for each other and cooperate and acknowledge each other's souls and humanity. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that it's not just about you. It's about everyone in the community. Sun in the 11th house. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Okay. I Yes. I read astrostyle.com. Check your horoscope every day. Yep. <laughs> awesome. What is one habit that has changed your life? Actually, just allowing myself to embrace the power of, of beauty as a way of life, creating beauty, uh, setting up beautiful environments, making every meal feel special and luxurious. It's like I think of that as a practice that really honors what the universe provides, you know, for us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Appreciating it. Yeah. Instead of just exactly. being on autopilot, doing things like normal. I love that. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Be generous. Give more than you think you should before asking for anything in return. Mm, That's a good one. And the last one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Just being able to grow through experiences and the way that we as human beings can take some of the hardest, most challenging things and how our souls and spirits get stronger from those. Mm, Yeah. Love it. Okay, where can we find you online? Well, Astro Twins on social media and astrotwins.com will direct redirect you to our website, astrostyle.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And great. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for letting me talk about all these. Nothing <laughs> light and fluffy here today, but hey, you know, thanks for all the work you're doing too. It's really great. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Bye. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tali from the Astro Twins. And now I want to wrap up with some takeaways from our talk. So the first takeaway is that astrology does not define our fate. If you look at your birth chart, it does not tell your destiny. It does not really predict your future. It's more like your factory settings, the foundation to your personality traits that you might have. And then when you go about life, your life experiences come into play to shape who you are and how you express your birth chart. The next point is that astrology can be an interesting tool to help us understand what's influencing the things happening in the world and also the lessons that we can learn from it. So we talked a lot about Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter coming together in the sign of Capricorn early this year. And the symbolic meaning of that event is that we are forced to start to look at our structures in government, economy, our corporations, and reform them to change what is not working anymore. 
Another thing I thought was really fun and interesting was the fact that Jupiter and Pluto will meet in Aquarius in December of this year, usher in a new era of the air sign, which is all about communication, technology, and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if I'm getting this right, but Tali said something about how the past 200 years, this conjunction was in an earth sign. So a lot of things in society was based on the material and then in December of this year it's moving into an air sign which means it's not about like the physical material things like oil land whatever but it's about communication technology things of that nature so I just thought that was interesting and we shall see I mean it's totally believable I think the world is already changing so much and things are changing so fast and the pandemic has forced us to change a lot faster as well the last takeaway I want to share is don't see this as an unlucky year. I've seen so many memes about how 2020 is like the worst year yet. And I get it. You know, everybody is going through something that we've never really gone through before together. But we have to learn to see this as an opportunity. See all the opportunities that this is creating in our society, in our lives. Look at what's the opportunity here? What's the lesson here? Because everything is always happening for us. There's a good in everything. I do believe there's a good and a purpose in everything that's happening. Maybe don't even look at it in terms of good and bad things happening. Just look at it as life is happening and it is pushing us to grow. And growth is really the purpose of it all. So if you look at it as that, there's no good and bad. Everything is here for our growth. Maybe that will help you have a better mindset. All right, I'll leave it at that. Love you all so, so, so much. And I will talk to you next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.